Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Talk of the Terrace podcast with me, Andrew Millen. And today on the show, I'll be chatting to Eddie Tonal, former General Secretary of the Celtic Supporters Association. Well, I'm joined, I suppose, in an emergency talk to the terrace by Eddie Tono because there's been so much going on, Eddie, in the last couple of days, really. Um, first of all, we had the news that the Celtic Trust shared option that they proposed to the board had been rejected. And then the following morning, about an hour before it was announced, the Celtic Media Department contacted the papers and the, the, the Celtic fan media, including yourself, to let us know that there would be a 50 quid voucher and the ticket prices would stay the same. Um, straight away, I just thought, well, if they haven't proposed, I'd prefer 50 quid off the book. But uh, obviously, um, they've decided to go this, this route. It hasn't been um, greatly accepted some people have accepted it. But I might add, Air Supporters Club had a, have a WhatsApp group and weeks ago it was put out uh, who's renewing your book long before the, the anger was rejected or accepted. So, and I have to say, Eddie, 99% of our boys over here and girls just can't wait to get back. They just can't wait to get out of this, I suppose, this the present state of not being able to travel off to see the boys. And I think emotionally, the Celtic PLC know that we're very vulnerable when it comes to the love of the club and being there to support the new manager, whoever he may be. It looks like it's Eddie Howe. It looks like the backroom team is in place and everything. It's just, it's just waiting for the announcement to the stock market. You've been around the block a long time, Eddie, uh, and uh, you know you've the grey hair to prove it. 
But, <laughs> but you're also out and about daily in your taxi. You're also talking to Celtic fans in Glasgow, which which we're not. We're kind of separated a bit at the moment. We're not even getting over once a week for a fix. But seeing a tweet during the week, and if I can just give some maybe listeners or, or viewers who don't know who you are, Eddie. Eddie was brought up beside the stadium. He's kind of part of the the walls of Celtic Park. His grandfather was was the groundsman, so he was in and out with the likes of Jock Steen were there and all these great players. He was a ball boy, uh, among other things. And Eddie. You've seen so many changes. You've seen the cells for change. You've seen Fergus McCann. You've seen the new stadium. You've seen a wonderful nine in a row. You've seen a quadruple treble. Where are Two we nine now, Eddie? <laughs> Two nine in a row, excuse me. Yeah. You know, and the last time you were on Selling AM, you spoke so passionately about that cup final with Tommy Boyd. Yeah. So, so where is Eddie Towner now? Yeah. That's a difficult one. To be honest, a bit deflated uh, with the events of this week. First of all, you touched on the, you know, the the proposal from the Celtic Trust in relation to the shares. Uh, I honestly believed that, you know, on the back of the season that we had, and 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 the obvious disconnect is there between the the PLC board and the fans. I thought the share the, the Celtic Trust proposal to issue shares to all season ticket holders was was a penalty kick for the board. Honestly, thought it was a, an open goal that they were a grasp with both hands. Uh, I thought it was a great bridge building exercise. It wouldn't have cost the club very much money. In actual fact, it would probably cost them a lot less than what they're now proposing to do in terms of these £50 vouchers. Uh, wouldn't have cost the club a lot of money. It would allow them to keep the money in the club. It would maybe have lifted people's spirits a wee bit and, and made them well exposed to giving this board another crack at it, uh, getting behind the new manager and, as you say, rightly getting back to paradise and, 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 and hopefully reclaiming the trophies that we'd lost this season. Uh, so we, I, I was really disappointed that, first of all, the length of time that they took to eventually knock that back. I mean, the Trust put this proposal uh, to the board, not to the club, in February of this year and had very little dialogue with them at all on it until recently. And then they sent a letter saying that they didn't think there was much scope to have any more dialogue at all or any more discussion on it. And then they eventually sent a formal knockback. Uh, now, the trust are organising. I know that they're, they're having a trustees meeting to talk about that. They're going to organise a trust members meeting, like guys like yourself as members of the trust will all be invited. So I don't want to get any of the ins and outs of you know, the minutiae, the, the, the Celtic's reasons for turning it down. But for me, it was a straightforward knockback. We're not interested in anything you have to say. And then the following day, you know, wham bam, they put out the they put out the season ticket renewals. and uh, a really underhand way, I think, as well. You know, if the whole thing about the season ticket launch was to say, let's get everybody behind us, we know it's been a tough season, we know we're living in strange times, we want everybody to get behind us and back us. You know, surely you would have contacted and liaised and, you know, communicated with people directly. I can't think of you know any organisation that's looking to get fifty thousand people behind them that would that would somehow leak, 
you know, their, their communication about the season ticket and you to to one of the most despised pieces of uh, newspaper media uh, amongst the Celtic support in the Daily Record. Uh, you know, people go in touch with me and say, oh, it's on the Daily Record's website about, you know, the season ticket and you you know, and, and, I was, and I was gobsmacked. I had, you know, checked my emails, no email for the club, no communication for the club. Uh, and my God, I, and I honestly believed that they were sitting on the renewals until they had got this manager's appointment over the line. And then I thought, right, I'm going to try and ride in and away from this uh, and get people to back us on the appointment of a new big name manager, if you like. And I couldn't believe that they put it out before that deal's been announced, before that deal's been completed. So they're clearly taking a big risk. Uh, and and it struck me just the way they went about it. You know, it was such an underhand way. You know, it was almost like, you know, we'll slip it out there and try and gauge reaction first and then we'll contact people. Uh, so, you know, what was it about fear? Why did they not contact the, the punters directly and say, here's here's our plans? And then if you actually read the email, and I no doubt you have, you know, as a season ticket holder, the language in it's atrocious. We're frozen the prices their last season. You know, frozen the prices. I mean, last season we got behind them in, a, in, in, in immense numbers on a promise of nothing. Nobody knew that we were going to get back in. Now, the club were making all sorts of noises about they expected people would be back in by September, October time last season. And they also had the pool last season of the 10 in a row. Uh, and, and obviously people didn't want to miss out on that and they wanted to be part of what they hoped was going to be a historical season. And the whole thing is, we know it was a disaster. There's no point in dwelling on that. It's gone now. Uh, so, on the back of all of that, uh, they came out with this language about, you know, we're doing your favour by freezing your ticket. The one you get behind us again. We've now got to make preparations for getting you into the stadium for the pre-season friendly in July. Nonsense. You know, we're told that they're making preparations for getting us into a pre-season friendly for the 17th of July, but then they've told us that they've got this big glamour pre-season match on the 24th of July where West Ham is going to be behind closed doors. And then they talked about the added value from last season, you know, having access to your digital programmes, getting a couple of European games and a delayed transmission, then getting one European game broadcasting your past to paradise. It's all blah, 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 to be honest. And it's really, really just, I just think it's disappointing. See, see, see if you really are trying to relaunch the club, if you like, and get everybody behind us and everybody marching in their one direction again. Well, I went about it in a hell of a kick-handed way. Uh, and, I, and I hope to God, this is a remnant of the last chief executive in, the, in, in, in board decisions and, and Dominic Mackay's hands are knowing this because, my God, if this is the start of his chief executive's career at Celtic Park, I think we're in trouble. Yeah. So, in all of PR disaster, Eddie. Absolutely. Know? A PR disaster and top PR disaster since the beginning of last season. Uh, so, having said all of that, my mood's pretty low. Uh, normally, I'm sitting there waiting in the, in the season ticket and you we hit the doormat and and I'd be one of the first just to get it filled in in a way and uh, and and get things up and running for next season. Yeah, and but we ha- we're not used to disappointments uh, in the last decade. 
But this this season has been has been has been so disappointing. Yeah. And but for me, Andrew, this is not going to do with disappointment. Now, this is not going to do with the events in the park. I've seen Celtic teams worse than this. You know, the last ten years, you know, but exception of last year have been fantastic as a Celtic fan, you know, you know. Unequal success almost, you know, with exceptions of maybe the Lisbon year, you know. The, the level of success with him has been fantastic. We won four trebles in a row. And I know that's great, but my connection to Celtic's no about is winning in the park. I never have an expectation that we're going to win. I don't go to see Celtic in the expectation that we're going to beat all before us. That, that's not what brings me to Celtic. It's nothing to do with 10 in a row. It's not. My disappointment at the moment in... in, in, in a disillusionment, if you like, is is about how we're now being treated by this PLC board. We're, we're seen as, a, you know, I says in the tweet the other day, it's nothing but turnstile fodder. Just turn up and give our money. They've almost got to the stage now where they can think, we can do anything here. And these guys are just going to roll over and get their bellies tickled and give their money. That's what it feels like to me. I've never felt so disconnected for the club in all my life. And I'm, and I'm talking about going back today to the pre-Fergus days with the Kellys and the Whites and, and my God, they they, they they never done things great either but but I feel less of a connection now than I ever had with the people who are running my club. You know, I just thank God that the people who, you know, that are Celtic to me and they mean, you know, they uphold the ethos of the club and uphold the, the core values of the club. Other fans, it's my family and it's your family and it's, and it's for pals and the people who travel with the games and, you know, and I'll never, that'll never ever leave me, but I have nothing new but contempt for the people who are now running my club because I really don't think, you know, for one of a better word, and I'm not sure if we can use colourful language in this, I don't think they give two fucks about us. You know, they, they, they put all this stuff out about, you know, a club like no other and, you know, you know, and, and, and all the PR guff around about that. Well, we're no, we're just not another PLC. But the Glazers at Manchester United or any other of these clubs, and given an opportunity, they would have also been first down the road into any Super League if they have to get the invite in yet. They are just a PLC. They don't understand the core values of the club. They don't understand the ethos of the club. So where does that leave us? Well, you said there that, the, and I, I'm expecting to hear a word a bit from the trust that I'm sure there's going to be a meeting convened for all the members because the trust has grown, the membership has grown, the shareholding has grown, and if if anything comes out of this, I hope people take heed of what you're saying about how disconnected the board are from the average fan on the street and get behind the trust because this is another reason why we need someone in there fighting our corner. And the only way to do that, Eddie, and I know we keep banging on about it, is by increasing our shareholding. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the only, I mean, I've come to the realisation it's the only way forward. I mean, I've been a fan activist, if you like, most of my days. I've been involved in running supporters clubs. I've been involved with the Celtic Supporters Association. I was I was chief the General Secretary Association for seven years and and I've been in there and I've been a fan activist but you know one of the other reasons I'm feeling particularly down as well is, is I, I'm coming to the realisation that you know it's really all they ever pay is this lip service so I bring him in and tick boxes oh we've consulted with the fans groups we've consulted and 
they don't listen. They're not interested in anything we've got to say. And, you know, their actions this week for me just underlined that more than anything else. And I, you feel as if you're, you devote a lot of time, a lot of your own personal time, uh, into trying to promote Celtic, into trying to foster what you believe to be the core values and ethos of the club and, and, and you know, and, and keeping your supporters' club going and working with other supporters' groups to get, you know, to try and keep, you know, the traditions of the club at uppermost in people's minds. And and then you got hot with stuff like this and you think, what am I doing here? Am I wasting my time? You know, and, and you're right. The only way I think we're ever going to be taken seriously by these type of people is by gradually increasing our shareholding in the club so as that we have a bigger stake and therefore they're going to need to sit, you know, sit up and take notice. Uh, I, I, honestly, I don't, and I don't feel like I've ever felt so disconnected and so down about being a Celtic fan in all my life as I have done this week. Uh, and it's got nothing to do with the season that's gone past. Absolutely nothing. You know, I renewed my season ticket right away during the nineties, and you know, when we were winning nothing, and and, and some of the best days I had following the Celtic were those days as well. To be honest, and as I say, for me, it's not about the winning, uh, but I just feel as if. I'm being taken for a complete mug. And the dilemma I have at the moment is, is do I just roll over and let them do that again? I paid £700 or the bones of £700 for a ticket last season. Only promise of nothing. What I got was an absolute crap streaming service that gave me nothing but problems. I mean, you mentioned my grey hair at the start of this. I was black he did last year that I started thinking about the Celtics <laughs> past the paradise <laughs> that's that's what's added to my grey hair of no doubt so it took the enjoyment out of football for me because you were about trying to change your spec on the computer and make sure that you know you were in the right link and jump to this link to that link and, and you're paying £700 for the pleasure of that uh, in a year you know, no, I understand the economics of this for the club as well. And, you know, we've not been exempt for COVID and there is a rebuild needing done and that's going to be financed somehow and the board have got to find the money for that. I get all of that. But in a year where I, I personally was shielding last year because of the COVID thing, I, you know, I, I take a medication that compromises my immune system so I wasn't allowed to work with the public at all last year. So I had a year of virtually no income. £700 handed over to Celtic and I'm now being asked to pay another £700 this season for potentially the same service with no guarantees I'm going to get in. And I'm supposed to then say, here's a nice wee part in the head and £50 to spend it. I don't wear Celtic shirts. I don't, you know, very rarely see me in any sort of a sports, branded sportswear, if you like. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with £50 in a Celtic that's, shirt. That's since the 1995 Cup final. <laughs> no, since the 1995 <laughs> Cup that was my That was my swan song. Uh, yeah, I, I've never seen you, Eddie, so um, down your normally upbeat. Yeah. Oh, I, bump, I bump into so many away games and yeah. we bump into each other at the pool's office on match day. And, yeah. And it was, it, and they could follow you on Twitter and there was okay we all have our moments but generally there's a bit of good humour and yeah but I, I sensed I sensed on Twitter and I sensed there were a lot of people there was a lot of people and then there was other people saying you know put up or shut up yeah which, which is is easy to say but 
it's it's a cheap it's a cheap answer to come back, and I I think it's cheap, and I think I think it's unfair because there will be people who have lost their jobs. You know, there's families in Glasgow and over here who are living out of food banks. Absolutely, and there's no way they can afford another season book. Yeah, and, and for know, some families, they do their own. Yeah, for some families, it's no one season book. You know, you know. I've got people in my own supporters club, for instance, they had four and five season tickets in the one household. So you're talking about two and a half, three thousand pounds out of that family's income going to Celtic. You can, they can only watch one TV stream, you know, so the rest of them don't get used. Mm. But they're expected again to find the bones of maybe three grand out of that family's income uh, on the back of, you know, the COVID crisis and, you know, and money being tight. Money's tight for everybody. It's tight for everybody. I, I get that. Uh, I just think this board have taken a massive gamble at the moment. Uh, you know, people are saying, oh, folk are renewed regardless because people always want to buy their club. But don't forget, Andrew, it was only five years ago where we had the seats in the upper stand and the Lisbon lines covered over because we couldn't sell season books prior to the arrival of Brendan Rogers. This idea that we've got 50-odd thousand people who are going to turn up regardless is a myth. For hardcore Celtic fans, and I include myself in that, who generally would renew regardless. But it's no 50,000, and it's nothing like 50,000. Yeah, so, so they're taking a massive gamble. You know, at a time when it's supposed to be about relaunching the club and getting a new guy in and getting a budget and, and reclaiming all the things and, you know, facing the challenges that, you know, have been put down here. And this is a solution. This is how we're going to go. Just give your money and shut up is effectively what they're saying. Now, I personally am wrestling with a real dilemma, and I'm not saying this lightly. I really don't know at this stage whether I'm going to renew my season ticket for next year. And 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 I'm and I'm not joking about that. You know, it's a lot. Which is but, sad, Eddie. Yeah, it's sad you know, people, affairs. people have come on to me and says, ah, don't talk shit, you'll be there. And, and, and I may well be, I have to, what I'm not getting involved in is I, I'm not getting involved in any campaign, a boycott, or I'm not asking people not to renew tickets. I'm saying I'm wrestling with a personal dilemma. I understand the argument that people will renew regardless and people will say the club needs your money and, you know, we, I'm going to back them, you know what, because it's, you know, forever and ever we'll follow the boys or whatever. And, and, and that's all great. I understand where all these people are coming from. But for me, it's a personal dilemma at the moment. It's about, do I want it in the back of the year that I've had in terms of my income, in terms of my enjoyment, the, the football, around about the whole COVID stuff? And do I want to be taken for a mug again? Am I going to roll over and let these people do that to me again? You know, it's not like, you know, my local supermarket's Tesco. It's not like the manager down there's treated as like she hated so and I can just say, right, okay, I'm just going to go up the road to Sainsbury's or Morrison's or stuff like that. It doesn't work like that way a football club. Mm. But, but but what we're being asked today now is take another leap of faith with we a group of people who have run in my club who have showed that they're no interested in rewarding us for that faith. They asked us this last year. They let us down abysmally. We had virtually no contact with them throughout the full season. You see, even if during last season I was coming on and saying, look, we understand, you know, what's going wrong here and we're working my socks off to fix it. And, we're, you know, I'm seeing no evidence of that whatsoever. All I'm seeing is, give your money and trust us, we'll get it right. 
and I, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, Eddie, but, you know. like until the last time it was released, I was 100 percent renewing my ticket. Now I'm 99.9 percent, and that's yeah. that's and and I'll I'll be like you. I won't be taking part in any protest, and it is a it. But my dilemma is, I need to get back watching the football. I need to get my social life back. I can't. I can't. I can only hope that we get back because I can't do another year of watching on the on uh, that the stream and not having any interaction with me mates. Imagine. No, absolutely. Just, it's been it's been torture, and and, and, I, and I'm being selfish here. You know, I'm looking out for number one. I'm thinking of myself. Yeah. But when I think of the club, right? And like, it just reminds me of a big business that won't negotiate with anyone that just says, we're cutting your wages. And this is the way it is. It, it reminds me, I watched a documentary, not a documentary, I watched a, a kind of a, a mini series recently about football starting in England and how two Scottish players were down, based on the true story, how two Scottish players were down and they were getting paid when it was an amateur sport and it was the sport of the Etonians and the rich and these boys were coming down to play with um, working class towns and but and the, the owner of the factory or the manager of the factory, I think it was linen, linen factories and they were paying them um, but when, the, when they would go to a meeting they would be told by the top linen man, this is the way it is. We're cutting them 10%. And the man saying, like, the paper said, well, I can't, I can't go back and tell them because all they have is this and the football. And it just reminds me of it, you know, let them eat cake. Yeah. Because firstly, the trust came up with a really good idea. And the trust and a bunch of headbangers. This was well thought out. This came from the floor, this idea. It was thought about, it was talked out. And it was agreed that this was the best way forward. And when I heard it, I went, that's genius. It's costing the club nothing. It's getting the fans back on side. Wow. That's how I've... And, and I didn't think there'd be any opposition to it. <laughs> within the support, but there was. But I think there's always going to be opposition within the support if, you know, it's like um, Mrs. Jones' sausages, you know, in the wall. She, as Paul Heaton said in the podcast, she got more... She got more. She must be shagging the butcher, you know. And it seems to be the trust must be getting something more. You know, the associations must be getting something more. The Green Brigade must be getting something. Where now? Or the boys are getting something. Poor us. So on and so on. But it's not. But the fact that proper dialogue didn't take place, like would take place between a company and a union, to yeah. say, look, we can't, um, we can't dilute the shareholding of. The rich shareholders, the major shareholders. Then you could say, well, why? Well, why is that, you know? And they come back and say, look, um, all we can do is give a verger. Because I kind of think that, you know, the verger is going to be sponsored by, by a sponsor because I know how I walked in, I walked in retail, I walked in logistics. And when we were sending out, you know, big orders, there was loads of free pallets going. As, as sweeteners, the same. And you look at the voucher as well. We, 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 you're on the back of a year where the, the superstores and the shop, shops have been closed. The merchandise will be down massively. And so there'll, there'll be warehouses full of stuff that are going to need to shift. So give everybody a voucher and, and, and get it. This stuff's already been manufactured and made. It's all sitting there, you know. So, you know, there's a markup to that. The, the voucher scheme's going to cost the club virtually nothing. I, I think, think so. 
Yeah, you know, and, and that's why they're giving it, to be honest. Because it, it, when it all boils down to it, it's just about, you know, pounds and pennies for them. And it's as simple as that. If you were to ask them, say, if that's 50 pounds per person times 50,000, two and a half million, and that's going to cost the club two and a half million, what if we, for instance, were to say, we'll just give the 50 pound voucher to the Cano Foundation, for instance, and allow them to offset it off the season tickets? Would they allow that? I doubt it very much because it would open up with floodgates because everybody would then say, oh, we just want the £50 offset against our season ticket because that would be a real sort of a cash saving for people and that and that means that the club would have to then, you know, take a hit in terms of the money. This voucher scheme's nothing. It's a paper exercise. It's, it'll help them to shift merchandise. It'll help me put the brand out back out there again in the streets, and you know, and it'll save them a few quid. Yeah, it's, it's literally but, a token gesture. <laughs> you know, but yeah. if they had, the, if they had to spoke collectively to the groups, or if they had to spoke individually to the groups, and just said, "Look, this is where we are. We we don't think this is a good idea to give to fan shares. We we kind of know why." The thinking behind it, but th- th- then you can go back. Then you can question them. You can say, "Well, why?" But we don't have it. We haven't been given an answer. Why? Yeah, but they did, have refused the proposal. I mean, to be fair, they gave us an answer last week in, in Formula letter and, and you know, and well, the beginning of this week, and then that it said, you know, stuff like, you know, some legal issues around about it and what the cost would be to the club in terms of having a share. Uh, a share issue and stuff like that. So there are, you know, there are some reasons in there. But had they spoke to us in February about that, we could have ironed all that out. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And 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 they also were going on about the value that we, as a trusted, put on it. We never put any value on it. We we were only saying you have to give us X amount of shares, a hundred quid's worth, or two hundred or whatever. We were just, you know, have some dialogue and then come to an agreement a way forward with us. Let us go back to the, the certainly your members and maybe put the message out to the fans in general. You know, these guys are trying their best. Here is a, here's a scheme that we think helps them. Let's all get behind it. And then it happened. You know, nothing happened. You know, I heard to Peter Lovell twice last season and, and, and well, not even last season, during the whole COVID time. And one of them was when he was quite happy to put his big ball face in the, uh, in the telly just when the nine in a row was clinched and they had that big online party and Peter was front and centre and everything was great. Where did he go after that? Disappeared. We have a chairman that, you know, I'm convinced if he turned up and chapped the door and most of your season ticket holders wouldn't even know what a guy looked like. When do you ever hear a statement from your chairman defending the club on anything or gain his ideas about what his plans are for the club? Nothing. The guy's a complete buffoon and a complete numpty. You hear, you hear nothing from him. For me, he's got nothing to offer. We've got non-executive directors there who've been in post for God knows how many years. You hear nothing for them. We heard absolutely results in terms of what these great guys yeah, who, are, who, who are driving our club and who are asking us all to take another leap of faith for them. I've heard nothing for them about what their plans are. Here we are now sitting, what, on the 20, what's this, the 27th of May? You know, season tickets are new and we don't know who the manager's going to be for the next season. We don't know what players are staying and what players are going. We're first Champions League qualifiers weeks away. And we're sitting here, we've just come off the back of one of our worst seasons in our history in terms of your own the past. And we don't know what the plan is for next year. 
but we'll just to take a leap of faith with him. Am I missing something here? <laughs> you know, it's, you know, for guys like yourself who are 99% sure and the guys that are 100% sure, I take my heart after you because, because it is faithful through and through. You know, undoubtedly it's faithful through and through. But that's what these people are playing on. These people are playing on their emotions. I don't want to give up my season ticket. I sit next to my 83-year-old mother and my sister and my niece and her pals, my sister's pals and, and my cousins. And We go to the football as a family. We've got a block of seats in the main stand that we've had for years. I don't want to give that up. I'm under real pressure here at the moment in terms of what I do with that because that's the thing it takes me to Celtic. It's a family and it's a community and that's what drives me in terms of and they're all people who understand Celtic and they're all people who get Celtic and what it means and what's, you know, what's important to them. And of course, we've loved the last, you know, the nine in a row in the quadruple trebles. But for all of them, I can tell you, it's not about winning for them either. It's generally about we'll be there every win, lose or draw. It's, it's about us as a family and, and you know, and, and, and what Celtic means to us. I'm wrestling with a dilemma, but they are a new man. You know, if I was to go to Celtic, for instance, and say, like, I've had a really tough year here. Never earned any money. Did you £700 last year? But I'm actually not in a position now to stump up £700 now. But I want to reserve my seat. As soon as we're allowed back in, I'll find you the cash and get here. Any chance of you? What do you think they're going to say? Absolutely no chance. There's going to be nothing for all your years of backing them and putting your faith in them. It'll be, no, no, you're out the door and we'll see if we can sell your seat to somebody else. And then if I decide I'm going to go back further down the line or then they go and sit away the other side of the ground myself while there's a stranger sitting in the middle between my sister and my ma. <laughs> you know, uh, it's, it, and, you know that, 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 that's what it is for me. So, you know, as I say, it's a real personal dilemma. I don't want to be treated as a mug anymore. And, and I'm really, really, as I say, I feel such a disconnect with these people. And I feel that I need to send some sort of a message to them and say, look, I know what you're doing to us. And I don't like it. I, I mean, I did put a tweet the other day saying, and I, even if a day come to the conclusion that I'm going to renew my seat, I want them to know that under no circumstances that an endorsement of how I see them running my club and an endorsement of them as a PLC board. They don't represent me. They don't represent what I believe represent what Celtic represent. So if a day come to the conclusion that I'm going to renew for the emotional reasons I've just said outlined, then it won't be because I'm backing them and I'm endorsing them. It's because I I probably can't walk away from Celtic. It's my DNA. It's in my blood. I can't walk away from it. But I'm I don't know. I, I I'm really struggling with it. Uh, yeah, and it's it's been like just before we wrap up, thanks very much for coming on to chat because I did want to talk to you um, or someone in Glasgow. I just wanted to get, <laughs> because, you know, we sometimes, you know, because we're so far away, um, it's nice to get a feel for someone on the ground. And I know you, Eddie. I know how important Selig is, not just to you, but to all your family. It's been a PR disaster since the Kenner Foundation had to pay for their season books. Yeah. And we'll have to pay again. But if a positive came out of that, Eddie, it was how the fans rallied around the Kano. Absolutely. And no matter what happens in that boardroom, I'm confident that the fans will rally around people who are maybe less fortunate than themselves or, you know, 
how does like last season I seen I seen a guy that he was giving up his season because he's no money and his son renewed it. Yeah. And I thought that's wonderful. That's what Celtic is all about. So Eddie, once again, thank you so much. And hopefully I'll see you at the pool's office. Well, I, I certainly won't be far away. You know, if I don't renew my ticket, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not throwing in my towel to go and see the Celtic. That's for sure. And I mean, I just want to finish. Andrew was saying he emphasises. See, this isn't about a campaign about you know getting rid of the board and, and, and boycotting Celtic. You know, all this sort of stuff. This is a personal dilemma for me. People need to make up their own minds. Uh, I know the trust are going to have a meeting. Uh, the trustees, I think, are meeting tomorrow night. Then they're going to take that out to a wider membership meeting to talk about what they think and maybe say something about season ticket renewals. And I'll listen to that and I'll be guided with that because I'm part of that organisation. But at the moment, this is just a real personal thing for me. And and I just want these guys to know that, my God, <laughs> how have we arrived at this? And if you think, you know, and I'm really, really concerned about the future of the club because if they think this is a plan to relaunch in Celtic and take this into, you know, greater days ahead, Jeez, oh, we're in trouble. But I'll leave it at that. People will make their own minds up and and no doubt we'll see you for a pint soon, hopefully. If I'm, certainly, if it's not outside Celtic Park, I'm, I'm planning as soon as I can to do a wee trip to Ireland, so I'll get myself around about. So Happy days. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Eddie. It's a pleasure. Take care, big man. Hail, hail. Folks, thanks very much for listening. And if you'd like to support us, you can do so by visiting CelticFansing.com where you can become a member, subscribe, buy or donate for the price of a pint. Don't forget to visit Celtic Fanzine TV on YouTube and hit that subscribe button. And thank you so much for all the support and thank you for listening and reading. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 